Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessel talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 161 of Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am thrilled that you're listening. Before I jump into this episode, I wanted to take a moment and express my most sincere condolences to Emily and Mitch Wallace. Mitch, of course, plays for the Western Bulldogs, and Emily lost her mother this past week in a traffic accident, and uh, I'm so sorry for your family's loss. This is a horrible thing that you're having to deal with, and I hope you find uh, comfort and solace when that is available to you. Now, folks, the 2022 Anzac round is in the books. Now, I did not do my tips officially in an episode last week as I was traveling through much of the week. I was helping my son get moved into a new apartment. I did not watch all of the games this week. I do plan on going back and watching as many of them as I can uh, in the coming days when I have some downtime. I was able to watch a good portion of the Giants and Saints matchup. Uh, We were still dealing with setting up Wi-Fi and that sort of thing in his apartment, so I was able to see a good chunk of that. I did listen to the Dockers and Blues game on Triple M during my drive home from Virginia. And once I was able to get settled back in at home, I was able to watch the Cats game, of course, with the Ruse, as well as the Anzac Day game between the Magpies and the Bombers. And we'll get into talking a little bit about some of these games here today, but there's several other issues that I want to dive into as well. But looking at the Giants and Saints game, there were a couple things that really jumped out at me. And uh, one was simply the, the, the hit-out advantage that the Giants had. Uh, 77 to 19 in favor of them. You know, Braden Pruce with 47, Matt Flynn with 30. And it's, if you look at that and you think, wow, that, uh, that must have really boded well for the, uh, the Giants. But of course, we know the results of this game. You know, Max King had a rather pedestrian game kicking, having only one goal seven. But the fact that he has become such a force in the uh, in the forward line for the Saints, he is now somebody that whomever is playing them has to account for him on the ground at all times, whether that be with one person or possibly another person, you know, kind of shading in his direction, which opens up other avenues for players like Jack Higgins to absolutely thrive. So, you know, Higgins had a terrific game as a result, kicking four goals, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, you know, the Giants, I think you'd have to argue – have been the biggest disappointment this year and there have been other clubs who have certainly battled them for that for that uh mantle if you will the Bulldogs of course uh Port Adelaide of course battling them for you know the most disappointing club of the year but but the Giants have just really really struggled uh and they disappeared in the second and third quarters uh, or in the second half I should say only kicking one goal five now, looking at the uh, Fremantle Dockers, and I've, and I've spoken online with a, a few Dockers supporters over the last couple of days here, um, it, it's, uh, it's kind of like uh, the, the situation about, and I don't know how long ago this was, because it, it has to be about 15 years ago when uh, 
the world was uh, being inundated with believers uh, who were becoming Justin Bieber fans. Well, I think we've got people who are becoming believers in the Dockers and the way that they're playing the game right now. And, uh, you know, have they made me a believer? Yeah, I think that that's uh, probably the case, that it's, it's the wrong time for me with you know, me being a, a Geelong supporter and them heading to Geelong this weekend. As Nick Costa mentioned uh, online a short while ago, of course, we'll have to get all of the cattle off of the, the grounds at GMBHA Stadium before that game can be played. Well, Nick, uh, I think they've already got them removed, okay? You know, we're getting to play our second home game of the season in round seven. So, AFL, we thank you for that quite a bit. Um, yeah, the, the Dockers had seven players with 20-plus disposals, uh, four players kicking multiple goals. And this is, this is a club that just looks like they are out hustling their opponents. And if you're a Fremantle supporter, you've got to be pretty excited for yourself. And even if you're a West Coast supporter and you happen to be at the game, you evidently can be pretty excited as well and uh, and also get rewarded by getting an autographed jumper. Well, hey, you know what? I cheered. My mailing address is in the show notes if you want to send me an autographed jumper as well there, Dockers. I'll, I'll certainly display that in my uh, recording room. But, uh, you know, again, if you're a Fremantle fan, you've got to be really excited. If you're a Cats supporter, you've got to be a little bit nervous this week because you're facing off against a pretty darn good side, a side that, quite frankly, might be faster than you are. And again, it, it, it's not all about speed, but that has a little bit to do with it there, so we'll, so we'll see what happens here. You know, the Cats, they, of course, took, biz, took care of business down in Tasmania. You know, they, they beat the Ruse by 60 points, but let's be honest, it should have been significantly more. 19 behinds for the game with only three of them being rushed. That's a little troublesome. And, you know, if you think about it, this was uh, something that was uh, hurting the Bulldogs for several weeks early on in the season where their, their goal kicking was suspect at best. Well, the Cats are doing their level best to try to take away that uh, mantle of inaccurate kicking around the goal from the Bulldogs. Now, fortunately, they had enough opportunities around goal that it didn't much matter because they won by 10 goals. But they start playing more quality sides like Fremantle this week. Then those kicking woes could come back to haunt them. You know, I, uh, you know, you had uh, you know Jeremy Cameron, Tom Hawkins, you know, combined for eleven goals four. But then you've got other players who were expected to be hitting the, the scoreboard on a regular basis, like Brian Myers, you know, kicking three behinds. Uh, yeah, I guess you know we have to be very thankful that you know, Tyson Stengel has been as solid for the Cats as he has been. And uh, I hope they get the goal kicking straightened out here for the Cats because it's a, uh, it has been a, a, a little troublesome over the last couple of weeks. And, of course, the, the other big game of the, the round in terms of just the, the pageantry, the reverence that was shown during this game was, of course, the Anzac Day game uh, at the MCG, almost 85,000 people there terrific to see that stadium lit up to see as many seats filled as were filled you know the magpies were, were deadly accurate around the goal kicking 15 goals three you know Genovan and Viacek combined for nine goals clear I mean that young man is becoming a a quick face of of the comp 
uh, he's fun to watch. Now, of course, if you're if you're playing against him, and you're you know you're giving him a hard time out there on the ground, and you're you're razzing him, and and I and I'll be honest, I did see a couple of Essendon supporters in the stands. Uh, what's the term? I'm not sure what the actual term in Australia would be, but uh, flipping him the bird here would be. Uh, the single finger salute, if you will, uh, taking place there. Um, yeah, and I guess you know the argument there. You know, you paid your money, you bought your tickets, you can do what you would like in the stands. I know there's always that that huge issue about booing uh, in the stands, as we we saw that with uh, uh, Isaac Smith with uh, Hawthorne um, a couple of weeks ago. But you know, I I, I don't know. I just I. I'm not sure I would be doing that if I was there. I mean, yeah, but but of course, you know, Genevin, you know, the, the, being the youngster that he is, and I actually followed him on Instagram just uh, yesterday because I thought, okay, this young man looks like he's going to be a fun follow on social media because of, of his personality that is starting to come out during the course of the game. Uh, you know, deep down, maybe he's a very humble person, but he is certainly exuding confidence out there on the ground, and, and as a result, you know he's playing like that. So it's it's been a it's been a nice, uh, refreshing thing for him there. Now, unfortunately, there was bad news that came out of this game, and uh, you know you've got Brody Majacek. And I'm sorry, you have Brody Grundy. Get my Brodies correct here, uh, who kicked the game sealer for the Pies, who's going to be joining. Uh, Mark Pitnett from the Blues on the shelf for the next two to three months with a knee injury. I mean, that's devastating for this this developing side, having this uh, quality veteran ruck, and we're seeming to lose rucks left, right, and center. You know, Nick Nat is out. You've got Pitnett out. You've got you know, you've got uh, Grundy out now as well. So you know, Reece Stanley is now a his uh, moving up the charts is a uh, one of the the top. Rucks in the comp simply by default because there's not a whole lot of them that are left out there. So normally I would be talking about more of the games, but I did not watch all of them this weekend, so I don't want to delve into discussing games that I had not watched as of yet. But there were a number of other issues that I wanted to get into today with this episode. Uh, first off being Caro's uh, comments the other day, uh, about the sports betting ads. Now, I unfortunately, sports betting, I think, is here to stay. Uh, it's something that has become a, a lifeblood for not only the AFL, but the NFL has this going on. We see also the, you know, these types of advertisements that are happening during I think pretty much every other sporting activity here in the United States, and I don't watch a lot of other ones, but I know that there are sports bets ads that are on during NFL games, and, and there are all sorts of different opportunities for that sort of thing, and more and more states around the United States are legalizing sports gambling within, um, within their borders on a state-by-state -state issue here. But it is worrisome when you consider the impact that that can have on a young person. Now, again, I, I'm somebody who 
does the fantasy sport thing. I mean, I think I've mentioned this on earlier episodes. I mean, I have a super coach team, which I did not adjust this week because I was out of town. You know, I have a team on the AFL fantasy with a number of us who are, are fans of the game here in the U.S. You know, that's not anything I put any money into. I don't have that kind of disposable income to place wagers on things. And I know some people do, and they, they enjoy doing that sort of thing. And I, I do my tips, and I say who I think is going to win by X amount of points. But that's why I also try to end that by saying, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Please don't take my advice in terms of anything that you should be placing any kind of a wager on because I, I, I certainly would not, that, not want that kind of responsibility uh, hanging you know over my head that somebody said oh well yeah well we placed a bet because you said this and that folks I don't know what the hell I'm talking about if you haven't figured that out yet when it comes to tipping please consider that to be the case right now so you know you've got uh, you know Shaquille O'Neal and Mark Wahlberg and Allen Iverson and now I'm seeing ones for some lady that looks like uh Elizabeth Taylor in uh, Cleopatra, you know, who's, you know, talking about that and, you know, the, the, the group betting, you know, I saw an ad recently with a company that uh, has guys, you know, building a raft like Tom Hanks from Castaway and heading out to a ship and instead of getting rescued, they want to place a bet. Is there a metaphor in that ad? Uh, I think there might be. And Again, if, you know, if you have, you know, the disposable income that this is what you want to do with your money, then, you know, more power to you. You know, that's fine. Enjoy that. But I, I do worry about what it is going to do to young people, uh, what it is going to do to teenagers, pre-teenagers who see this as something that they're going to be able to try to, you know, to, to do, you know, again, having a fantasy team, I think that's, I, I don't see a problem with that. I did fantasy football and fantasy baseball here in the United States for 25 years with a group of guys that I knew in my community, you know, and each one of us, each one of us would, would put into at the start of the year, like $25. And that money was divided up at the end based upon, you know, the team that won the championship in our fantasy league would get a set a number of dollars back and the team that had the most hits and the most home runs or the most rushing yards in football or the most touchdown passes or whatever would get a small amount of money that had been set aside specifically for that thing to get a little bit back. So you might put in $25 and get back $28 or you might put in $25 and get back $19 or something like that. So it was not a it was not a life-altering wager that was being made here. Okay, but yes, I, I, I worry a little bit about this. I mean, this is, uh, you know, is it harmful to young people? Very likely. And again, I've not seen the studies on it, but it's something that, of course, you know, young people by law, I don't believe, are allowed to do this until they're, what, age 16 or 18 in Australia? I'm really not sure of that number, but it's something that is, it is worrisome. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and give a shout out to another podcast, uh, which I have done before, and I've mentioned this episode before, uh, but this is a, uh, an interview that uh, Peps, Chris Pepper, did on the Lace Out podcast with a gentleman by the name of Tim Costello. And uh, the premise behind this was how sports gambling has changed the way that we watch footy. 
that you're not, you know, you're not worried about so much whether or not, you know, your team in the hoops or the stripes or the, the bar, you know, the prison bars or whatever, you know, whatever your jumper looks like. You're not worried about whether or not they've won or lost. You're worried about whether or not number 14 on that team got his 25th disposal. I mean, that's a that's a that's a pretty scary avenue to be heading down, in my opinion. Like I said, though, if if you want it, if you want to do that sort of thing, and you have the resources to do it, and it's it's not, and you're having a little bit of fun with it, I'm not going to begrudge you doing it. But it is worrisome in terms of you know, kids thinking that this is something that it's okay for them to start doing at a young age. Okay, so I do worry about that. I think that's something that that we all should be concerned about. Now I. I did want to mention a couple of other things. I, I think it's rather interesting, uh, and I did hear this uh, um, on another podcast that I listened to yesterday. Uh, I saw Brian Barish, who heads up the USAFL, mention this as well, and I went and did a little digging and found an article from SEN uh, regarding, you know, at this point in time here in the United States, we are, if you do not have a membership, you know, through you know watch AFL in order to watch the games you're shut out right now there are no games available for you to watch here in the United States and again as we've talked about here many times you get one percent of the population in the United States one percent that's ten percent of Australia's population you get one percent of our population interested in the game that's ten percent of your population that that could be a huge economic windfall for the comp now from what I have gathered is Gil McLaughlin and a couple of other people uh, are either on their way to or are in the United States which I thought was interesting because if I'm not mistaken Gil McLaughlin was at the ANSAC game so maybe he has been here and has already returned to Australia and I don't know if that's the case or not but he's been here or is in the process of negotiating uh, television contracts, which, uh, you know, and I don't know the ins and outs of all of the, uh, the contracts there. I know that, um, games are broadcast, if I'm not mistaken, on Fox footy, as well as on channel seven, if I'm not mistaken. And you have other, you know, cable services or satellite services there, whether it be KO, um, or Telstra things. And Telstra is one of the companies, if I'm not mistaken, that, provides the services there to where you get the game. So not all the games are free to air there. Here, you know, if you've got the Watch AFL app, we have access to every game, every round. Okay, and as well as all of the different programming that uh, Fox Footy happens to offer. Now, I wish they would actually be able to get the stuff that's on Channel 7 and I believe also Channel 9. I've, I've said this before, I would love to be able to get, you know, the front bar, and uh, footy classified and that sort of thing available right on the right on the app. I mean, the games are already coming from those networks. Why not put the, the programming on as well? That way I don't have to go try to find them two days later on YouTube. That would be a, a huge help. But supposedly they're negotiating with uh, Paramount Plus, which is a streaming service here that is uh, it's, it's connected to one of the, the four major television networks here, CBS, and Paramount and CBS are, are kind of under the same umbrella. Uh, we have one called Peacock, which is another one that's through uh, NBC, 
the National Broadcasting Corporation or company. Um, but they're negotiating, I guess, with, with uh, Paramount Plus to carry footy games, as well as, I believe, Amazon. And there are, you know, just this year, Apple TV, or Apple, I think it's Apple TV, has uh, negotiated to have two baseball games, two Major League Baseball games a week on their platform. So we're starting to see more and more instances where games are going behind a paywall. Now, many, many people have Amazon Prime, which gets you the free shipping from Amazon as well as then their, their catalog of movies, television, documentaries, things of that nature. Uh, a lot of folks have a Paramount Plus, but I think it would be a, a good selling point. Because, you know, again, we're, we're, we're blind here right now. The last several years, especially since I've been following the game, the games have been on uh, Fox Soccer Plus, which was another pay service. You had to pay extra for that. That wasn't necessarily one that was provided. But then something that was part of your regular cable or uh, satellite TV package, uh, Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports 2, they would carry games there as well. But those games have not been carried at all. We have had no games on television here. So when, when folks like myself and Donnie Hess and Rosanna and uh, the people who are, you know, writing for the different footy, uh, you know, footy uh, content here, uh, the two gentlemen up in uh, – uh, two guy, I think it's two guys watching the footy, which who are both out of the San Francisco area. While we're, while we're here working to try to encourage interest in the game – and I've talked about this many times. The game has done little to actually get the game out there for people here to discover. You know, it is being broadcast on TSN up in Canada. So Canada is getting a few games a week. But here it hasn't happened yet. So maybe through this television contract, through Paramount Plus possibly, or through Amazon. Again, a lot of people have Paramount Plus because they can watch a number of the NFL games through that service, this may bode well at helping to spark a little bit of interest in the game here. And I, I hope that that's what ends up happening, okay? I really do hope that that, that is what ends up happening here because I, I just, uh, I don't know where this is going to go, but this, this marketplace could be a cash cow for the game. This could be huge for the game here. And, and I think that you know, that, that the powers that be and, you know, Mr. McLaughlin, who's stepping away from the game and whoever may be coming in to replace him have to recognize the fact that, that this marketplace, now, not necessarily having to cater the games to, to here. You know, I, I, I hear a lot of people who are footy fans in the U.S., you know, lament the fact that, it, that the games are on at – Oh, no, this game starts at 11.45. I was talking to someone on Twitter last night, you know, asking about the start time for the Cats and Dockers game this week. Well, it's at 11.45 Friday night for me, which is early, which is early for, for a game because that's – I think there's actually a game coming up uh, next week that the first bounce is at 8 o'clock in the evening, our time, which is unheard of. That's unheard of. You know, most of the games are overnight. But again, we're not the target audience. So if we're going to be footy fans, we have to be willing to adapt, whether it be set the DVR 
or to watch the game on demand or to consume copious amounts of coffee, which is usually the approach that I take. Because uh, once summer hits here, and I've got six weeks left of the school year, once summer hits, my sleep patterns get completely turned on their ear because I'm up watching games pretty much all night long. So I hope they re resolve this and they find an avenue to get the games, or at least some of the games. I don't know if they'll get all of the games. It'd be fantastic if they did. I don't know, you know, if there's a, uh, a likelihood of that happening. I, I still think I would get the Watch AFL app if that is available. Because, again, if, if you know, Fox Footy loses the contract or Channel 7 loses the contract, maybe those of us who are fans here are going to have to revise the way in which we watch footy. So maybe we, you know, maybe while this opens up to a whole new market and we get all sorts of new supporters and new people following the game, those of us who have been following for a significant amount of time find ourselves being, well, inconvenienced maybe isn't the right word, but having to deal with a, a different situation uh, in terms of us consuming the game that we love. Now, I want to go back to uh, one other thing uh, that I had mentioned back in, in uh, episode 159, and uh, which was two episodes ago, and this is the whole ordeal about the 50-meter penalties uh, with the you know the incredulous player who have the you know the sheer audacity to raise their hands in the air, uh, I had, got an email a few days ago from uh, one of the listeners, and this is somebody who was actually I believe he was the second person to subscribe to the podcast, uh, which I encourage you to do. You can subscribe to it over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. There's a little uh, spot that'll open up on the right hand side there where you can put your email in there and when new episodes come out bang they're in your email within 60 seconds of when it's released um, but this is from Matthew and uh, Matthew doesn't know that I'm going to read this so I won't use his last name here um, and, you know, and, I, and I had was lamenting or complaining about this this whole issue of the 50 meter penalties for just simply raising your arms in the air and he said uh, he said hi Craig please don't Please don't give up on what you admit yourself is the greatest game in the world. I agree with you totally that it's ridiculous that players can't question an umpire in even the slightest way without incurring a 50-meter penalty. But as you probably noticed after watching footy for several years, the rules and interpretations seem to change very often, usually every season. So I'm sure they'll relax this sooner or later, especially with the amount of backlash it's getting. Even if it remained forever, it would be bloody annoying on occasion when it cost your team a 50, but the game would still be worth watching. It seems insane to me that Toby Green got six weeks for lightly brushing against an umpire while Taylor Walker got the same suspension for racial abuse. Surely racial abuse is a much more serious offense than brushing up against an umpire. The racial abuse would have a much longer lasting effect not only on the victim himself but on countless other people whereas the umpire would have almost forgotten about the incident a couple of weeks later. The umpires are human and will inevitably make some small mistakes and some absolutely shocking mistakes with their decisions. Well, and they frequently do. Yeah, and little editorial part on my part. Yes, they in fact do. It would be ex extremely difficult for any player to not react to a shocker of a decision that would absolutely kill their team's chances and to penalize them further with a 50 just for asking what the free kick was for is extreme. And I agree with you that it is asinine or acid 10, as you said. Uh, 
You know what? I'm going to remember that phrase there because that may actually work that out there. Uh, you know, nothing can be beyond question whether it's a religious or political belief or a law or an umpiring decision. Everything in the world has to somewhat be open to reasonable criticism, otherwise it becomes dogma. And if something is dogmatically held, then you can't question it no matter how extreme it becomes. The AFL has, started, has to start admitting that some umpiring decisions or at, or at least have the appearance of being biased as fuck as it says here, um, due to how blatantly incorrect they can be on occasion. In my view, umpiring has cost my club a number of wins in the last 10 years or so with almost one game every year, and one year they cost us two games, which cost us a place in the finals. If you have a game where you lose it by under a goal and the umpires have contributed to three or, f- three or four goals to the opposition, it's infuriating to say the least. And I think I think every supporter of every club would say that. I'm sure that there are supporters of a number of teams who also believe that their club has uh, been cost wins due to poor umpiring. No doubt I have some bias in my views towards umpiring decisions as any supporter would, but I've seen a number of examples that were so blatant that even without bias, a lot of people would acknowledge them. I wish every umpiring decision or lack thereof when appropriate could be analyzed from every game and the director of umpiring could show these umpires examples of decisions that they made that were incorrect so that they can improve, and umpires that are in poor form can be dropped just like players that are out of form. Now, if you're a baseball fan here in the United States, I'm going to mention two words to you, and you're going to just be nodding your head right now. Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez, and again, I watched baseball for a half century. Angel Hernandez was, was, is the absolute worst umpire in Major League Baseball. He is horrible. Absolutely horrible. It's like he's not even paying attention to the game. So, I know that they want to protect umpires at lower levels where they may be in more physical danger than in the AFL, but we're playing for the premiership here, which to most footy fans is more important than any World Cup in that inferior code of football, soccer. So we need to get the decisions correct. And I like I like that statement there. I would agree with that because... Uh, you know, if you haven't heard, I, I'd like to joke about soccer being a communist sport because they don't let you use all of your body parts. Uh, and forget the bloody umpires at the lower level if we need to. I'm sure they can make different arrangements at lower levels if needed, but the poor standard of umpiring is the biggest problem in footy at the moment, and I wish they'd fix it. Maybe they need to get rid of as many gray areas as possible from the rules and show video examples of each rule as to what is and what isn't meant to be a free kick so that everyone involved knows where they stand. So, I, I, Matt, I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me. That was, it was a, made some great points there. You know, of course, we do need to, uh, you know, have umpires at the lower levels. You know, we're, we're seeing this in, in sports here in the United States where, you know, every, you know, every situation and every game almost, you see, you know, a parent who, who thinks that their child is going to be the next – Babe Ruth or the next Gary, you know, Gary Ablett Sr. or the next, you know, I'm going to mix sports up here because there aren't umpires here, the next Tiger Woods or the next uh, Kobe Bryant or whatever the case may be, that any call that goes against them is an affront to them. It's an insult to them. And the abuse from the fans is real. It does happen. And I, and I worry about that because, you know, I, and I actually just saw an article 
in the news, in my local newspaper just yesterday, that uh, showed a, a, a woman, a female umpire, who I believe was officiating softball, which is a, a you know, it's very, very similar to baseball, um, where she had made a call during the course of a game uh, that a parent didn't agree with, and that after the game, as this umpire is walking back to their vehicle to go home, that the parent came up and punched them in the face and gave them a black eye. But some of these some of these competitions at these lower levels are having a hard time finding people to officiate the games because they don't want to deal with the abuse that that is happening. Now, I, I maybe things need to happen where more protection is provided for you know, the umpires at lower levels as well. You know, whether that be you know me club members ensuring that. Uh, that umpires get to and from locations safely. You know, if, if that's what it takes to, to go ahead and keep the, the game thriving, because again, we're seeing it growing now. We're seeing you know, the women's game at the teen level and such exploding in terms of popularity. So I, I just I think it's a uh, I think it's a very troublesome issue. And uh, this is one of the reasons why I yeah, you know, and I'm gonna i I've got one other kind of key thing I'm going to get into before I wrap this one up here. Um, it's why I talk about how just we need to be decent to one another. Okay, because, you know, we've, we've all got issues that we're dealing with. And, uh, you know, treating one another with respect is, is really important. You can disagree. You can disagree. We, we, we have, I believe, in our DNA... It, I think it's in our DNA. If we, if, we, if we break up that double helix and we look at it, there's, there's a gene in there, and it's in every society. It's in, it's in every, every human being's DNA. I think if you find the, the incred, in, incredulity gene, the, the, the questioning gene, that it, it has in there an instance where, you know, you, you question something, you doubt something that, that – your brain automatically sends a trigger to your to your arms to kind of raise your arms in questioning. I think that that is a uh, I get something that's that's built into every single one of us. That wait, what do you mean? And my hands have just gone up in the air here because I don't know what's uh, what's what's going on with the decision that was just made there. So yeah, it's yeah, umpires as I because as, as I said they're they're kind of thin skinned. Of course it's it's. It's the league office who is, has peeled some of those layers of skin away who have told them that they need to go ahead and treat these things as these affronteries to them. So, you know, I, you know Brad Scott, I, I think you're making a, a grave mistake with the decision-making process that's going on here. I think that this is something that needs to be, of course, dealt with. You know, you don't want players brushing into umpires, even if it's, you know, Toby Green or, you know, you certainly do not want you know, players assaulting umpires or anything of that nature, but it's it is our nature to to question things, to challenge things, to ask questions, to say why. It's what we do. It's what we do. Okay. Now, a couple little things here before I wrap up today, and I I, I wanted to uh, to just mention this real quickly. I did uh, trade several messages with. Uh, Orville Gibson, uh, who I believe is is an Australian hero, uh, 
just a fascinating man. Um, I had him on back at episodes 94 and 96 of the podcast. And Orville is uh, somebody who does something very unique at uh, the time of Anzac Day. And uh, he was trading me messages while this was going on. Um, he goes to a cemetery in Brisbane. And since he has moved off of Russell Island, this is now an 800-kilometer round trip for him. Okay, this is an 800-kilometer trip for him to make. Uh, he goes to the cemetery where a gentleman by the name of Billy Singh, and we talked about Billy Singh during our, our discussion, during the, uh, the podcast episodes that came out. Uh, Billy Singh was a soldier during World War I. Uh, at Gallipoli was one of the uh, was a sniper who was credited with over 150 uh, kills. Uh, some people estimate that it's actually over 200. And after he had come back to Australia following the war, he he kind of died in obscurity, uh, almost penniless. And it wasn't until many many years later that his story was kind of uncovered again. And he is uh, he's interred in this cemetery in Brisbane. And Orville, for the last many years, has spent time, uh, spent overnight at that cemetery graveside at, at Billy Singh's uh, grave. There's an obelisk there uh, commemorating this uh, Australian military hero. Uh, and Orville cleans the obelisk replaces the uh, the Australian flag there each year um, just to show his respect for this gentleman. And he did mention that he does have a, uh, a shot of rum in tribute um, to him during the course of the evening uh, before the sunrise services that take place at the cemetery. He actually did get a visit from law enforcement um, wondering why he was there because they had not encountered him before. And then once he explained what he was doing there, they were completely fine with it. Uh, so, you know, a big hat tip to Orville uh, for, again, you know, keeping, you know, the name of, of Billy Singh um, in, hopefully, the, the lexicon of, of the Australian people. You know, so just, you know, it's very admirable what you are doing there, sir, and uh, it's uh, it's great knowing that there are people that, that that do this sort of thing. Now, before I wrap up, folks, this has been a kind of an awful weekend here, quite frankly, uh, for me. Um, I uh, I arrived home on Saturday evening, Saturday afternoon from visiting my son, and I got a text message from a friend uh, Saturday night that, uh, you know, my son is 25 years old. He's an officer in the United States Navy, uh, but another one of his classmates, um, a young man who I had known, I've known his father since we were about 10. We played, we played the baseball version of Auskick together back when we were about 10, 11 years old. 
I've known him for a long time. He's a local business owner, just an absolutely terrific family. I, I, um, their son, who graduated from high school with my son, uh, took his life, took his own life on Saturday. And I had had the pleasure of, of coaching this young man for six different baseball seasons um, from the time he was about 10 through the time he was about 15 years old. Um, and was just an, an absolutely wonderful young person. And it's, I'm going back and looking at this team and this is a team that had 13 players on it. And two of the young men in the last 16 months have taken their own lives. And about a year and a half before that, a third young man from that club had, had died as a result of a drug overdose. So, you know, I... On Sunday evening, there we had a little uh, ceremony um, near where this this young man's parents live. Ironically, at a local park, which was where our team would have baseball practice on a fairly regular basis. So we had spent a lot of time playing baseball, trying to hone our skill set playing baseball there. It was just it. There were close to two hundred friends and family members that were there you know, it's it's very it was very sad it was very somber because you you, you wonder you wonder why and 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 those are answers to qu those are questions we'll never get the answers to so there's a reason why and I and if you've never looked at the show notes for my podcast before there's a reason why every set of show notes and I will always have them there have contact information for things like Beyond Blue, uh, for the suicide prevention hotlines here in the United States, as well as in Canada, because I, th I think those things are important. This is why I close out most episodes talking about taking care of one another, being decent to one another, reaching out to your friends, especially after the the, the last couple of years of hell that we've gone through with lockdowns, especially for those of you who were in Australia that had to deal with those things. You know, we had some lockdowns. We had, we had inconveniences here in the United States, but, but let's be honest, we're stubborn sons of bitches here. We don't, the government says something. Most of us say up yours. We raise our hands in the air and we go, sorry, we'll do it our own way. It's, it's just kind of how we do things here. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's just kind of how it is. But don't be afraid to reach out to somebody because we all have baggage. We all have things that, that, that we're dealing with, troubles in our own lives that, that, that we can't, that we've never told anybody. We have things that we've dealt with that we've, that we've never said, that we've never shared. There are things that are going on. And don't be afraid to reach out to that friend. It just 
to just send them a note, to call, to call them, get on the phone and actually speak to them. Hop on to a Zoom call or FaceTime or whatever, or, or whatever and, and, and communicate with them. Check with them to see how they are. Because we've got far too many people, far too many people, and, I, and I've, I've now seen it happen in this instance here, where we've got far too many people that have temporary problems who are applying permanent solutions to them. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a damn shame. And, and I cannot, I cannot begin to fathom what his parents and what his sister and his other family members and his friends are going through right now trying to figure out why because you know i looked i i'd looked at his social media after i had heard this had happened and just a few hours before this incident took place he was actually he was active on his social media saying very positive things you know posting things that looked as though the future was looking very positive for, for this young man. So uh, please, please, if you're somebody who is, is needing to talk to somebody, please reach out and talk to someone. Get on the phone. Give them a call. Okay? It's, it's important. You are important. Footy's great, but it is nowhere near as important as you are. So don't be afraid to reach out to people. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I need help with this. Okay? Call your parents. Call your friends. Tell them you love them. Okay? It's, this is, it sucks. And again, I had not seen this young man for well over a year. But like I said, he's somebody who I had known since he was just a little kid. I'd known his father for almost a half century. And I, I'm, I'm devastated for them. You know, it's, they have a, a small family business that, that they're, they're two kids, you know, like childhood, uh, caricatures of them have been a staple of their of their small business's logo since this business opened 20 years ago. And this is this is a gaping hole in their lives that will never be filled. So please if you are if you are in need, if you are if you are hurting, reach out to someone, talk to someone. Don't carry the weight or the burden of that on your shoulders. Please let someone know, because despite the fact that we are so caught up in, in the things that are going on in our world, and we have our own little blinders like the horses wear so they don't get spooked, that we all have our blinders on, we have to be willing to peel those back and see what's going on in your world. But if, if you don't let us know, we, we can't possibly know what's going on. So by all means, don't be afraid to reach out for help. 
And don't be afraid to reach out to your friends as well and just check up on them, okay? Find out how they're doing. See what's happening with them, okay? Um, folks, if you want to become a subscriber to the podcast, you can do that over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. I hope you'll consider doing that. If you enjoy the show, I hope you'll consider leaving a review for the podcast over there as well. That would be a huge help. You can follow me on Instagram at yank underscore on. You can follow me, uh, excuse me, you can follow me on Twitter at yank underscore on. You can follow me on Instagram at a yank on the footy or on Facebook at a yank on the footy podcast. You can find me on Facebook as well if you want to befriend me there. I'm building up my rebuilding my friend list there because if we were friends on Facebook previously, chances are we're not right now because I'm six days away from losing that old Facebook account forever and I still have no idea as to why. I've just kind of resigned myself to the fact that that's going to happen. If you want to help out the podcast, you can do so by, you know, going down there to my Buy Me a Coffee page, a little button in the bottom left-hand corner of my website. Uh, you can... Uh, you know, head over to my Redbubble store page there if you want to pick up a t-shirt for the podcast or a sticker or something of that nature. That'd be fantastic. But folks, footy's important, but you are much more important than that, okay? Um, as I said, look out for one another. Be decent to one another. Sure, a little bit of, you know, rivalry between clubs is certainly okay. Between friends, you know, you know, I, I support this club, you support this club. Well, we're playing this round. We're going to give each other some shit. That's okay. But the, at the end of the day, though, the end of the day, you, you, you are still friends. You're, you're still important to that person. And they need to be important to you as well. So take care of each other. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to talk to them. Okay? And uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, May your dribble kick never, ever hit that post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode 161 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook at a Yank on the Footy podcast or on Instagram at a Yank on the Footy. I do hope you'll consider subscribing to the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. And I do hope that you'll consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, this is Craig Wessels, and goodbye. <laughs>